Welcome to episode 173 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Welcome back to another episode. Um, my resource that I've been using a lot this week, and I can't remember the specific one I have, but in general, I think even when you are in telepractice, one of the most useful things is just one of those like big books of articulation, <laughs> a digital uh-huh. version of it. Whether it be from Super Duper or there's lots of other companies, I know that um, Bjorn Speech Productions, mm-hmm. their line has come up with one too that I'm really interested to look at because it is in a PDF form. But sometimes right. you just need to find a quick page of articulation <laughs> sounds. And as much as I do like putting things into games and putting it into you know contextual things when you have a group of three and they're all working on different sounds right right i usually will pick up pull up one of um, dave sindry games that is just the reinforcer Mm -hmm. games that just have numbers on it for all the game parts and then i will literally pull up like three different versions of the big book of articulation and have a page that each of my kids is working on so i can just flip through the tabs on all of them Mm -hmm. And have a quick way to work on articulation. So if you do not have some digital form of a big book of articulation, whatever it's called, you should find one because <laughs> that's sure. really helpful. Yeah, I think that's a great a great tip. Yeah. And 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 because we may not always be thinking about those, you know. Yeah. And they're right think, there on the know, shelf. Exactly. We think, you know, oh, I need to find some, you know, I need to make some flashcards or find a boom card for it. And those are great. But a lot of the time that just takes a little bit more time to find it. And a a lot of times it's just even you need that quick practice and have a reinforcer Mm -hmm. that's more engaging. I think those work great. And we were talking before we started this this episode, but Chat GPT can give you a list pretty quick. Yeah, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a good note too. I always forget about that one. That's yeah. a great one. Yep. Yeah. So I've, I've I think I mentioned I, I've done it for phonetics, teaching my phonetics class at the university. They've generated all kinds of words for me to use. So watch out, grad students <laughs> and undergrad students. They're coming. <laughs> so who who do we have on today? Well, I am very excited. We have Gila Cohen-Shaw, and she has been working in telepractice for a long time. I've seen her name Mm -hmm. on many trainings and presentations, and I'm so excited that we got to talk to her today. Oh, yes. She's she's great. This episode is brought to you by TheraPlatform. If you're a therapist in private practice looking to spend more time with clients and less time on admin tasks, it may be time to consider automation software. TheraPlatform is an all-in-one EHR, practice management, and teletherapy software built specifically for therapists, and it's designed to automate day-to-day tasks. TheraPlatform offers a free 30-day trial with no credit card required. Visit theraplatform.com today. Okay, we want to welcome Gila to the podcast. Uh, tell us how you found yourself in the field of speech language pathology. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Kim and Todd. I really appreciate it. Um, I knew early on in my youth that I was going to be a helper, I was going to go into a, a helping field. I'm sure I'm not alone in that thought process. Um, I went to college undergraduate at the State University of New York in Stony Brook. I um, was a sociology major and I was accepted. I, I applied in my junior year to the School of Social Work and was accepted at Stony Brook. So I was just going to spend six years there. And my first semester senior year, I had to take just sort of blanket credits. I had taken all my requirements. I'd already been accepted to grad school. And I just on a whim took a linguistics class. It was a huge class. It was in a probably one of the biggest rooms in the university. Mm-hmm. And I sat in this in that class. I remember the professor's name with my mouth 
wide open um thinking what is this i like this this is awesome <laughs> i want to know more and i was with my roommate at the time and she even said to me you're like excited what's this you know what's this about you're we're not supposed to be excited this is like how fast can we get out of this class and to yeah. go somewhere mm-hmm. else um and so i i went through uh, like another one or two times to the class i was going to see see it through for sure and I went to the professor, his name was, was Professor Aronoff. So funny how you don't forget people who make significant mm-hmm. changes in your life and they don't even know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I told him the story I just shared with you. I said, I'm accepted to the school of social work, but I'm totally into this. What is this? And he said, well, I, he said, I, I don't want to change your career path, but one, you sh- he said, you should never be a linguistics professor. What he, said. <laughs> he said, but you might consider the field of speech language pathology, at which time mm. I said, what? And he said, <laughs> right? speech language pathology. Mm. At the time, SUNY Stony Brook did not have a speech language free speech language pathology uh, department. Uh, they do now, which I'm really excited about. Sure. And so he in- he invited me and introduced me to his next door neighbor, who was an SLP who worked <laughs> in a school district and mm-hmm. a private practice in her home. And I followed her around oh, for two months. And that was it for me uh, for so many reasons. The power of communication, um, the interaction with, and in her private practice was not just children, the, the, the interactions, the relationships, everything about it made me like on fire. It's the only word I can use. So what was I going to do? I was already accepted <laughs> to a graduate program. Right. I declined the graduate. I didn't, even, I didn't even push it. I didn't even defer it. I declined. Mm. And I applied to, um, uh, if you know anything about New York, they have wonderful both city and state university systems that I'm sure. grateful to have utilized. I went to CUNY, which is the City University of New mm-hmm. York system in Queens College. And I call it my semester abroad in Queens. <laughs> I'm from Queens, so it wasn't really that much of a, a leap. And I took my right. undergraduate requirements and that summer applied to the graduate program and got accepted. So that wow. singular class changed the trajectory. Right, right. Wow. And the other thing I want to add is, you know, it was just a time where there were no emails. There were, mm-hmm. and I it, I was like, I was regretful that I never had the opportunity to thank that professor yeah. And fast forward 20 years, I found myself on a kayak trip, and there he was with his partner. Oh, wow. And oh, my I, goodness. Trust you, he had no idea. Trust me, he had no idea who I was, but <laughs> I knew who he was. Who he was. Right. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to share that with him, and that was very, like, full circle closure movie, yeah. um, moment yeah. for me. Yeah, That's neat, because he did not, like, you know, he did not need to take all the time to, like, explain different fields and what you could do with it and introduce you to his neighbor that is, like, very above and beyond. But like you said, it changed the whole tra- trajectory of your career. It did. It did. Yep. That's really amazing. And it's, you know, it just goes to show, you just never know the impact that you're having on your students or the, or just colleagues or people you come in contact with. Right. And how one simple conversation can change a lifetime, right? That's right. And so you went to to city university for your master's. And then after you finished, where did that lead you? So I worked for my first job was um, my, my clinical fellow, but, it was an extension of my externship. So I loved, mm-hmm. I was at a small, small uh, school for, um, at the time, we would call them emotionally disturbed students. We would not mm-hmm. call them that now. It was a, right. a very small school. And I, I loved the, um, loved the connections. I loved the intimacy of the, of the staff. And mm-hmm. so they invited me to stay on, and I did. And I ended up staying there for two years. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for two years after that, I was at, a, I never went district. I went to another uh, preschool out mm-hmm. in, um, further out in New York and Long Island. And after I had kids, I had my first child. I was doing this, you know, I'm, I want to work and I don't want to work full time. Can I not mm-hmm. work full time? You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure we all do this to ourselves. 
Right. So it was at that time that it was actually my husband who encouraged me to try to be an independent contractor. And maybe mm. that would work work for me. I was privileged that he was the insurance carrier. That's a very mm-hmm. big deal. Sure. And that wasn't my burden to bear. And I'm so appreciative of that. And it enabled me to work two and a half, three days um, mm-hmm. and almost make the same amount of money. So that was that was a really nice. Wow. Yeah. So I actually ended up focusing on early intervention. So that's early, mm-hmm. the early childhood program in New York, um, early interventions so of birth to three. Right. Um, doing therapy, doing evaluations, which is my actual true passion, mm-hmm. um, and doing sort of the equivalent of case management. They called it service coordination at the time. Um, and I went, if you know anything about Long Island, it's just what it sounds like. It's a long island from <laughs> north to south and east to right. west. And I would travel all around Long Island treating kiddos, assessing kiddos, coordinating with families, and all of those things. And in addition to that, early on, before my kiddos were school age, I had a professor, a wonderful professor, and he had a private practice, and he invited me to join his private practice. And this was a different population. It was it was um, school-age children and adults. So I had a really well-rounded experience, um, mm-hmm. and it that I really um, carved out to work for me in my uh, both professional and personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very, very lucky that way. Um, I could probably share with you kind of a funny story of that professor. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had him, I had him for his name was um, Dr. Phil Schneider. He's still very much around. And he was teaching a voice class. I had had him uh, both in the clinic and for other classes. And it was a weekend and I had gone away for a long weekend. That class did not come naturally to me, whereas other classes sure. did come naturally to me. Um, physics, not my strength. So um, we had a, we always had a quiz on Monday and I took the quiz and I bombed on the quiz and he pulled <laughs> me aside and I'd gone away for a long week and he, he pulled me aside. Tequila, is everything okay? I said, I didn't even crack the book open. I I couldn't wing it. And I'm not going to tell you some sort of story or narrative about it. I I just, I didn't, I didn't step up to the plate. He's the one who invited me to his private practice. Wow. (laughs) And he said it didn't, it wasn't lost on him that I was nothing short of just honest and telling him the truth. Right. So. Yeah, that reminds me of we had a professor that said that she had a list of who was allowed in the room after she had had a stroke. And that's how she would tell us whether we were doing a good job or not. Beth yes. Foley was who that was, Dr. Yes. Beth oh, Foley. Yes. That's very funny. <laughs> be like, this is, and I remember, I think I got on my final paper, it said, you're just, you're on the list or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't think I would be now. I haven't worked with anyone's stroke since my externship. Right. Maybe a little little asterisk beside your name now. (laughs) With training. Was on the list. Was on the list. Yes. Previously. Right. Awesome. Those those professors, you know, I've probably heard um, my grandmother passed away from the same students especially the undergrad (laughs) couple of couple how many grandmas do you have that's right (laughs) i just couldn't do it i just i just couldn't do it the truth was i it didn't come easy and so i had to put in the work and i didn't put in the work and it showed Mm -hmm. and i just owned it yeah i I think that's good yeah you just owned it and be honest about it and right go forward exactly and it worked out it worked out. It certainly yeah. did. It certainly did. And I remained in that private practice until my kids were school age. And I, and I, I need, so that was an after school, if you will, after mm-hmm. school, yeah. until I felt the need that my kids needed me to be at home at that time. So I stayed there mm-hmm. eight years, I would say seven, eight years. That's and that nice. was great. Yeah. yeah it's great experience. Awesome. And so from there, did you go into telepractice and start experimenting? Um, if we fast forward a number of years, so well, well, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not pushing you to fast forward. <laughs> so whatever you want to share, that's fine. So I, um, I did early intervention. Those three roles within early intervention. Um, again, therapy, assessments, and service coordination. 
oh, a solid 15, 16 years. Oh, um, wow. it yeah, it really worked for me. Um, and then what started happening, um, I, I bore easily, to be very honest with you, in, in many things in my life. And that seemed like a long time for me. Um, but I didn't, I felt like I missed the boat to go into district. I don't know why mm -hmm. I felt that. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's accurate. It just was my feeling at that time. Um, I don't particularly like the feeling of confinement of um, this is what you do. I'm not mm -hmm. a really good rule follower. Anybody who knows me will tell you that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So working independent and then doing something less independent just didn't feel like the right switch for me. Right. But right. I was also getting very burnt out. I was getting burnt out um, just in terms of the tra literal travel, getting in the car right. every day and driving seriously. I could drive 50 miles easy, easily in a day. Um, and of course, you know, some of this predated cell phones or, or I remember printing out MapQuest <laughs> instructions. Oh, yes. I'm really going way back. Um, so the wear and tear, I would show up at someone's home and they would forget or not be mm -hmm. there. And so those things right. sort of started adding up for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I was burnt. I was really burnt out. And I was starting to see that it was impacting far more, less professionally and more personally. I was coming home right. tired, exhausted, tired of talking, um, which is all very unusual for me. And so <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. I actually considered leaving the field. What I was going to do, I don't know. I didn't have a plan B mm -hmm. at all, um, mostly because I has, I still have so much passion of being a speech pathologist. I I I don't know what the plan B would have been, but I yeah. I definitely wasn't happy. I wasn't myself. I I wasn't my best me as a partner, as a mom, as an SLP. And I literally got a cold call from a recruiter hmm. um, from a large teletherapy company. Uh, at the time, mm -hmm. it wasn't large mm -hmm. as now. Would I be interested in telepractice? You know, and I felt like I was back in grad, grad school. What? What? <laughs> what, is, what is this thing you speak of? Telepractice. So please tell me more. Um, I was pretty innately tech savvy. I don't know why. I just was. So it came, came very easy, easily to me. So I said, okay, let me try this on for size. I, I, I have nothing to lose to try it if I don't like it. I don't have to do it anymore. And if I do like it, let's see where this takes me. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, the appeal was, of course, you know, work the work from home was the appeal. We had had some brutal winters. And so tra even traveling in those kind of conditions only exacerbated my, mm -hmm. my feelings of an unhappiness and discontent. So I cross-licensed in California. That I remember the first conversation about cross-licensing in California. I was like... Why? I like, literally had no idea what anyone was talking about. Um, and so I cross-licensed in California, um, which took a while. It wasn't mm -hmm. a minute. It took it took three months, you know. Yeah. So to give you a sense of timing, this was a solid 13, 14 years ago. Um, cross-licensed in California, and I took away some of my on-the-ground work and added three hours to my day because I lived in the East Coast and mm -hmm. started seeing kiddos in California. Right. Um, and I took to it so quickly. The tech piece, the at-home piece. Um, for me, there's there's no disconnect being on online through via computer as long as all the pieces are working. Yeah. I, I felt very much um, an engaged person, as as engaged, if not more, because remember at the time I was feeling very fatigued. I mm. felt more engaged via teletherapy. So that was, I started in January by the time I got my California license. And the next year I left my job and started doing teletherapy full, full time. And it, I'm here to, still here doing teletherapy. Still, still going. So <laughs> yes. at that point, were you working with just a, uh, some children or were you contracting or, or assigned to a whole school at that point? I was assigned, it's a great question. I was assigned to a whole school. Wow. Uh, That's jumping right in, isn't it? Yeah, I, I jumped in um larger groups than i would do today to be honest with you right so i think that yep. everybody's learned lessons along the way so um larger but i still loved it so mm -hmm. um and then again the next year i actually cross licensed to or into oregon i think 
in my 13 years, I've had 15 licenses. Wow. Oh, wow. It's really a lot of licensure. You don't want that much licensure. But, <laughs> um, but yes, so that is that is my entry into telepractice, enough that I left my actual on-the-ground job. Yeah. Wow, that might be a record, 15 different states that you're licensed in. <laughs> With no compacts, I might add, right? No, before right. compacts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would go crazy just trying to keep up with all that. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a spreadsheet from hell, right there. <laughs> trying to do this and do that. All the CEUs in California has some oh, yeah. very interesting. Specific. Yes, yeah. they mm-hmm. have to be in certain areas, and only some of them can be online. I think. They did away with some of that during the pandemic, okay. but yeah. some of it's coming back with the so, like, yeah, online versus in person, right. and all of these mm-hmm. things that you're like, why does this matter? I don't know why this matters. Someone decided so. Um, I will say that it, um, because I had so many licenses and there were so many requirements, I love going to ASHA. If, if every year it doesn't matter to me where it is, yep. it fulfills all the requirements. Right. So I, exactly. Right. So exactly. I make it a point of going. Yeah. 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 So what, um, since you've had 15 different ones, which one did you say it was the hardest to get? I'm going to go with California because I actually <laughs> okay. had to, yeah. after my, after I got my California license, I had to then fly out. Mm. get printed for i guess the doj at some point and so i'm a little fuzzy on it because it was about 13 14 years ago Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i remember flying out it was um the monday of um, martin luther king jr's birthday holiday and so i flew Mm -hmm. out on a sunday i'm sun no i threw out on that sunday saturday printed turned around and got on a, on a red eye home. I didn't even have a sandwich. I didn't do anything in California. So I would say that was a little bit of the, of the most challenging. Yeah. And I feel like you're not, I mm. didn't have to do that, but I feel like you're not the first person that has told me that story. Right. Yeah. I hope no one has to do that anymore. The challenge, once you have a few licenses, it's not even 15, the challenge to cross mm-hmm. license is you have to have verification for each license. Each license. Even if ever, they're active. Ever, yep. even if they're active. Yep, yep. Right. I remember right. having to do that, too, because I had a inactive North Carolina license. And North Carolina, I don't know if they still are, but they were very behind the ball. And I was like, can you just email it to me? They're like, no, but we can fax it. Right, <laughs> right. Like, oh, what? We don't even have <laughs> email <laughs> capabilities yet. <laughs> right, right. So that's the problem hmm. now. I, I, I am... Uh, resistant to cross license any other places just because mm-hmm. it's like a day's yeah. event to get verification letters from all of right. this. Yeah. Right. I'm hoping yeah, there's a and better we'll just, way. We'll, we'll just wait until the compact comes, right? Right. 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 has mm-hmm. to be a better way so we can yeah. see our kiddos, yes. Hopefully sooner than later. So, yeah. So, Gila, you, you, you have been doing this work, telepractice, uh, mm-hmm. when you know, before it was cool. Uh, as, <laughs> as Kim and I refer to that time before COVID, uh, pre-COVID, you were doing this. And, you know, certainly COVID did sort of push uh, telepractice forward in many ways. I think it mm-hmm. also kind of hurt it in some yeah. ways because mm-hmm. of uh, how some people were thrown into it. Sure. But if you take a step back, what what do you see over this say the past 10, 12 years or so, how it's changed and and what excites you? Where do you think we still need to to put some yeah. energy? That's yeah. a great question. That's a great question, Todd. My hope was that we learned, when I say we, I mean everybody, we we learned a um a few more lessons from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had hoped you know, the pandemic didn't cause inequity, it revealed inequity. I feel so very strongly Uh, about that. Good point. Right. And so my hope was that in that revelation, that there would have been some changes that had, um, you know, allowed for, I'm not really even sure, I don't have the solution, I just can name Mm -hmm. the problem. But for there to be some equity in terms of technology for students, yeah, um, and for folks to realize that this was an alternative. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, I can I could be your teletherapist on the ground, uh, you know, on my on the ground where I am. I could be your teletherapist, and instead of your your SLP 
in your rural district going to three different schools. Right. Talk about burnout, right? Going to three different schools that are miles and miles away from each other. We we can help, right? <laughs> right. So so I always say, is particularly to folks who are um I got the sense early on in teletherapy that people thought we were sort of taking their jobs away. That was good. That's what the, mm-hmm. the goal was. And I do feel as if there are folks who now realize we're actually here to help. So um, mm-hmm. I fervently wish that ASHA uh, was a little bit more vocal on caseload maxes. I think it's problematic and I think it mm-hmm. needs yeah. some serious guidance um, I think a hundred kiddos, I think anything over 50 is not manageable. So I, but I know that mm-hmm. there are districts that have 80, 90 mm-hmm. kiddos on, uh, uh, on their caseload. So quite frankly, so let's say Kim, you're in a district and you're on the ground seeing 80 kiddos and you're burnt and you're, I hope advocating right. for yourself saying, I need help. And let's say they pull, pull in somebody, whether it's an individual, whether it's a, a company, a big one, a small one for teletherapy. And I take a piece of your caseload. Yeah, I can help you. I'm not here to take your yeah. job. I'm here to help you. It makes you better able to be that your your awesome SLP and me able to do it as well. Yeah, yeah. my neighbor down the street is in her CF and has a caseload of 90 uh, at two uh. different. She's split between two different schools and has a caseload hmm. of 90 in her CF. <laughs> just yeah. like, no, that's crazy. This, this is the reality that's that SLPs in the schools are living with. And it's not sustainable. It's not no. sustainable for no. like one person for for an occupation. So I do think that that there's a I do think people feel like less so that people were trying to, you know, take jobs away, but and rather share share a job, right? That, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I do think that came came out of it. And Todd, I, I had hoped um post-COVID that people would see the value of teletherapy, but I also mm-hmm. agree with you that there was they, you know, you know, here I was, uh, a, a very seasoned telepractitioner mm-hmm. during right. COVID. I didn't have to change anything, but I I have many friends who are in the education system and as SLPs, as OTs, as PTs, as educators, and they were very much thrown in without any assistance. Um, and again, that that inequity was revealed when kids are not showing up. All sorts of things mm-hmm. were revealed. Um, mm-hmm. I am personally disappointed that I don't think that that I think we we learned that that's what was revealed, but I don't think we put any um, effort into making any sustainable changes. Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed about that. Yeah. We kept hearing, you know, in terms of telepractice and telehealth, you know, that all these bills were working their way through Congress and some were being combined. And But, you know, it's like gone radio silent yeah you know in the past several months you know it's like well what what's going on you know right and i and i fear it's like oh that was just covid stuff there that's just covid talk (laughs) that's the covid talking we're not gonna do that now and so you know i think it's you know i'm I'm fearful that that we're going to be back to pre-covid attitudes um in terms of policy, in terms of, you know, some of those things that we thought we were making headway on. Right. Uh, I don't know if we're going to actually achieve that now. Uh, and it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, in getting insurance reimbursement and all these other things, um, you know, and then ASHA with caseload and how many you can have in telepractice you know, for grad students, you know, and then right. how many you can have as a, cf and what you can do and i don't know it just seems like we we take you know two steps forward and three steps backwards sometimes i i agree with you it's and and, yeah i was really hopeful that some major changes would be enacted and i don't see them i see it very much being rolled back which is really disappointing yeah um i will say that in my experience over you know the last 13 14 years best districts were the ones that were really willing to communicate right mm-hmm. so so i i have this great story i had i was in a, a position a lead, more of a lead position with the school district in oregon and my mm-hmm. first day the, the um 
director of special education introduced me as Sally Skype. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who invented it, huh? Wow. (laughs) Right. Sally Skype. That was my name. And (laughs) I was just determined to make this relationship work. And I will say it took two years. It took me two years, I would say. And she started, besides using my actual name, using the (laughs) words collaborator, partner. Mm -hmm. And so I felt very, that was, I would say, one of my biggest successes um, is Mm -hmm. really turning their um, mind and their space of thought around to teletherapy. And um, I'm no, I'm no longer at that district, but I do know that they continue to use teletherapy. So that makes me really happy. That's right. Great. Yeah. I, yeah. I think what, what we're seeing here in Ohio and as I've mentioned before on, on the podcast, we have, I don't know, maybe 14 different training programs in the state. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. But our more rural districts just can't seem to attract those SLPs. Right. And so the companies are going in and setting up these contracts and, and it, it, it's a, I want the kids to get the services, but then other SLPs are seeing that and that makes them like, oh, like you were saying earlier, they're taking our jobs. Well, they're not taking your jobs. No one's applying. You didn't want to work there. Working there. there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's we have no job shortage in speech language pathology. That's not really a thing for the most part. No, and it's not just rural areas. So I'm a mm-hmm. former New Yorker, and I can tell mm-hmm. you that there are places in the within the five boroughs that people sure. do not want to go to. Mm-hmm. Very urban, not rural right. at uh-huh. all. I I don't want to even make up the number, but there's got to be many a child not receiving services in the New York City Board of Ed system. And yeah. yeah and, and yet they're not willing to access, you know, teletherapy and, and, you know, somebody from California or Ohio could be servicing students in New York if they were, if they were cross-licensed. Yeah. Yep. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So wh- what do you, what do you think? Where, where are we going to end up? We're going to have a compact eventually, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, and that's going to help. I think uh, so. Yes. I don't know how much of a deterrent, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how much of a deterrent it is for folks to cross license to get a license or two. Again, no, you don't want 15 licenses, trust you me. Mm-hmm. But um, but a compact would certainly, like you you automatically have reciprocity, could be mm-hmm. how many states are we talking about? Uh, maybe 10 or a dozen, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that will help, but I think until districts are on board utilizing willing to hear what teletherapy is and isn't that it it pre-existed covid for me it pre-existed by a decade so it pre-existed covid um and it works effectively i am happy that a slew of research came out post-covid about the efficacy Mm -hmm. of of teletherapy that is something i i share often um that was a great thing i'm so pleased that people Mm -hmm. did that yeah. Um, I hope it's not wishful th- thinking on my part. I really hope that folks really start to utilize, you know, when they see the deficit of folks who are either not going to, to graduate school to be SLPs, not willing to go into certain districts, not travel 60 miles a day, that there is, there's such a viable solution. It's mm-hmm. we're, like, you know, we're knocking on your door saying, use us, please. And again, mm-hmm. just an open mind to think that it isn't, this, it isn't the service that may, perhaps they were providing during COVID. It has a different quality about it. Yeah. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, that is, I, that is my hope. Yes. Yeah, I had, I even had a school that um, they texted me at the beginning of the year and was like, they took you away and gave us an in-person person. person. (laughs) And they were, they were upset that they weren't getting someone in person because I had like developed that relationship and, you know, and done all of those things and shown that it was just as good as, if not better of a therapy. Um, But, and then you moved to a new district like the one I was at this year. And I got introduced at an IEP meeting and the parent didn't even say hi to me, turned to the the special ed director and said, and she's going to be here in person for when they do therapy, right? 
And the director said, unfortunately, no. And I was like, oh, this is the tone that we're going into. My favorite is when they ask for a real person. Yes. I don't know if you've gotten that, but are we going to have a real person? A real person? I'm here pinching myself. Am I real? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that you said that um, you're you had a much larger group size at the beginning than you would now. Was there any other of those lessons that you learned along the way of like what what works and what doesn't work, what's ideal and what's not in doing teletherapy? Your best friend is your person on the other side, whether, you know, mm-hmm. if it, I've had all sorts of um Ed helpers on the other side, right. mm-hmm. a librarian who yep. was amazing. I love yep. her. Um, <laughs> two two parent volunteers. So I'm not really vested mm. in who that person is, other than that person is willing to be part of this marriage, if you yes. will. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're, they're the most valuable person, with all due respect to all the educators. They are the most important person. They are in my hands on the ground. They are, mm-hmm. I, although I am real, I cannot help a kiddo with a mouse. I cannot help a kiddo get online. I cannot. Right. And they, there's nothing more valuable than that relationship. Um, one of the best, this was interesting. So one of the best, this was in my Sally Skype years. My SLPA <laughs> in Oregon was the ed helper. So when she would take oh, a kiddo nice. to see yeah. herself, she would take a kiddo for me. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you that relationship is one I still value. Neither of us are at the school mm-hmm. district and we still continue to be to be close, right? So mm-hmm. those are the best relationships. I would say build your relationships. There's nothing more important than that. Um Technologically, multiple monitors are my friends. If I don't, if I take my laptop and go away somewhere, I'm a little like lost without my multiple right. monitors, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm a multitasker. I know there's all sorts of data and information mm-hmm. that you're, there's really no such thing. I beg to differ. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm all, I'm very much about efficiency. I'm very protective of my time and your time, whoever that right. other person is. And so I want to be as efficient as possible. Um, I'm a big fan of anything Google and, um, again, relationship building. Uh, I also mm-hmm. think that, um, I used to send out a little newsletter to parents so that I was mm-hmm. real and share, um, mm-hmm. where, who I am, ha- what experience I have, where I live, a picture of me and my family and my dogs. It gave them a sense that I really am a real person as opposed to right. not a real person. Um, yeah. so those are, those are really my go-tos. Those are great. I don't know why this popped in my mind, but when I was younger, I don't know if you remember the the Max Headroom show that was on. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) What was he? You know, he he wasn't a real person. He was generating whatever. You know what? Right. Right. He's not real. Anyway, (laughs) Kim was like, what the hell is he talking about now? I know. I know that look. I know that look. And now they're going to think we're all AI generated, right? True. So, That's right. right. That's right. It's you know, true. Is, it a, is it a fake? Is it a deep fake? Right. Or is she yeah. real? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I just saw pop up today. Um, Zoom was telling me that there were new AI plugins that I could download mm-hmm. on Zoom mm-hmm. to like do mm-hmm. things like write my chats for me in Zoom. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's our next hurdle, right? <laughs> I'm gonna be open minded about it because mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask people to be open minded to help about teletherapy. So I want to be open minded exactly. about a- AI and say there's probably for someone who's interested in efficiency, there's probably something in it for me, right? Oh yeah. It cannot do my job, no. nor would I allow it or want it to, but there's probably mm-hmm. something available as a tool that I can use for efficiency. So I, yeah, I sure. that is on my goal list for 2024, probably to learn a little bit more and how I can utilize it in Telegram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, um, I was using it to help me score the self. I would type kids sentences into there and be like, is this grammatically correct or not? Just to be like quick about it. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. Kim. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> right. yep. It's, yeah. it's great. I've, I, I am not scared of it in that sense of like using it for our jobs and right. taking over our jobs. I'm not too worried about it now, but I have seen people that say that just in case they say please and thank you every time they ask chat GPT something. 
That's <laughs> very funny. Just in case funny. the AIs take over at some right. point. Oh, right. that's funny. Like that. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> so I will tell you, I probably should share this with you. The, mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened to me in teletherapy, it's a little bit unusual. I share with you that I'm a former New Yorker and I am mm-hmm. here as of this week. I live in Maine for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that was our long-term plan. I, I was maybe retirement. I don't even know. I'm not even sure what that will look like. But um, we found ourselves in New York and we, our children flew the coop as they should. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did We did our good job and we sort of looked around and said, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why and right. What are we doing here? And my husband also worked from home. He is not in the field at all, but um, he also worked from home. And so we decided to sell our home, move to Maine and the literal only thing that did not change in my life was my job which is the reverse of what most people move (laughs) for a job it's literally the only thing that did not change in my life and i'm actually will be forever grateful it ended up being the right move for us um Mm -hmm. uh, it could not have been and it ended up being the right move for us and i will be forever grateful that uh, my my journey of being a teletherapist allowed for that to happen. It wouldn't. Yeah. Could I have probably gotten a job in mm-hmm. a local district? Sure. It's not mm-hmm. what I wanted. It allowed for for that to happen for me. Yep. So I, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I moved across the from one end of literally one end of Utah to the exact opposite end of Utah. But I was a little bitter because I was like, I don't have a job as a reason to tell my husband that we shouldn't ah. move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that excuse. But right. it was it was great to not have to worry about am I gonna find a job? I know you right. found a job. Am I gonna find a job? It was right. nope, I've got one. And I even ended up keeping a charter school that was right next to me when I lived in northern Utah. And keeping it as my school when I moved to Southern Utah and just being online. So, right? It was so, yeah. I mean, we moved on a Thursday and Tuesday, and I took off Friday and Monday and Tuesday. Here I are back. Same la- yeah, it was, yep. it was really. Yep. Some of your kids might notice the background's different. Most of right. them don't. Right. <laughs> they don't right. know right. the difference. Nope. I just wanted to know where the dogs were. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's time for our most important part of the show. And do you know what that is? I don't. It's our moment of Zen. Ah. And so we have three lists of questions. A list A, a list B, and list C. And you can choose which list you would like to hear. I want to go or, with B. Okay. I want to huh? go with B. B. Yes. List B. And this is, Kim, this is some of the new ones we added, you know. Oh, good. We put some new ones in there. Yeah, the really personal ones. So we, (laughs) you can try these out for us. Hey, I'm your guinea pig, so to speak. (laughs) No, I'm I'm teasing. Um, So first question on list B is, would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? I'm going to go with extrovert. <laughs> yes, I would vote for that. We got that, that sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what's the best compliment you've received? Professionally? Any, anything. Best compliment is my smile is contagious. Oh, it is, actually. Oh, thank I, you. The first time I met you was online, and it that's something I noted very quickly. Thank you. Yes, my smile. Yeah. My get my son has my spot my smile and my father gave it to me so it's a family trait. Thank you. Very nice, very nice. What's your greatest fear? Wow, hurricane. Not, yeah, I have a hurricane <laughs> heading my way, but that's not my greatest my that's not my greatest fear. So funny, I'm not a fearful person. Um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that. What is my greatest fear? My great, I'm going to be honest with you. My greatest fear is that um, our country will be forever polarized and not mm. find its way back together. That is, yeah. that is my greatest fear right now. I, I, that's that's a good one that we were all we were all very concerned about. Yeah. Yep. You know, we just heard today that Senator Romney in Utah is not <sighs> going. And so Kim is going to announce her candidacy right here <laughs> on, on the podcast. 
and you meet the requirements for why he said he's retiring. So there you go. I'm young. That's yes. why he's retiring. Younger generation. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he would have gotten voted for anyways, but <laughs> according to some of my family members, they oh, are yeah. not fans. <laughs> They've soured on him yes. pretty badly. Um, next question is, uh, what do people misunderstand most about you? Oh, that's a great one. I would say, so what you can't see is that I'm four foot 10 and I have a, probably a really big personality. And so I think people misunderstand or mistake that for a lack of sensitivity when I'm actually ex extremely sensitive, maybe even mm -hmm. oversensitive, if, if I may. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say that might be the biggest misconception. Yeah, I'm 5'3", and I have a sister who's five foot that worked in a high school and got asked where her hall pass was all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right. The good thing is, as I get older, they, people don't think I'm my age, and I'll go with that, too. That's great. <laughs> right. Yep. I get the opposite now, where I go to the grocery store, and they want to know if I need my senior discount today. Oh. Ouch. Mm. <laughs> Just take it, Todd. Just take I it. Know, right. <laughs> um, let's see. What, uh, excuse me, which superpower would you choose to have? Which, so I thought you were going to give me a choice. Yeah. I, I have a superpower, but which superpower would I, um, I think, reading people's minds? Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Reading that'd be helpful mind. that'd be helpful in speech too right it would. No? you yeah. know mm -hmm. aac i can i know what you want to say so then i can help Let's, you say there it. there you go kim <laughs> see you're on to something yeah <laughs> i like that we could train people to what, what, what's telepathy use telepathy yep. yes yep. it's an extension of teletherapy right <laughs> <laughs> That, there has to be someone that when someone said we're going to do teletherapy, thought you're going to read my mind. Right. I'm sure that there's someone. I'm sure there was right. somewhere. Now, how is this going to work again? I could think it's probably some of my relatives down in South Carolina. How is this going to work? Yeah, I could. I know. Okay. Um, number six. Do you have a favorite quote or saying? that you like do i have a favorite quote or saying yes but i have to look it up to find it exactly so it's a quote from martin luther king jr very good and i'm looking it up because i don't want to misquote it um hold on please it's a good one Uh, darkness can darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Oh, very one nice. Of my favorite quotes. Yes. Yeah. Very good. That's a really nice one. Thank you. Um, next question is: Which era of history would you most like to have lived in? Could be today. It could be whatever you want. Um. What era would I love it? I would say like when the, it's not really a time that women were highly regarded, but I'm always interested in ancient Rome. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm drawn to, to mm -hmm. documentaries about that, but I'm always interested in sort of how an empire builds itself and then mm -hmm. catas catastrophically ruins itself. Right. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an era I'm always interested in. We need to talk. <laughs> have, you had, have, have you had a past life re regression? Not that I'm aware of. Right? No, I, I mean, you have to go to like a hip, hypnotist and who's and trained in that. Let but, them know to see if I came from that. Could be. It's a, I've done it. I've done okay. It. It's interesting. Um, let's see. What makes you laugh the most? What makes me laugh the most? Um, so my husband is. He won't be listening to this podcast. It's just excellent. He's not particularly <laughs> a funny person. He's got a he's pretty dry. He's pretty intellectual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when he makes a joke, which is probably about three times a year, so the two, <laughs> they're really funny. And I just cry from laughter that they're so funny because they're rare. 
right? right. They're, they're right. not. He's not someone who's perpetually making dad jokes or whatever that is. Really, right. it's three times a year, and they're so they are so funny. Um, I'll also tell you, I'm one of five, and my I have a brother. He's sick now. He's eight years older than I am, but we've always been close. Um, when he laughs, it almost doesn't matter what he's laughing at. I just laugh. We just, it's talk about <laughs> contagious. It's like a yeah. symbiotic la- laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what makes me laugh. Yeah. That's and awesome. Little, and little kiddos saying funny words. Like um, to this day, my son, who's a grown person, who's an architect, he used to call the remote control the moat. And to this day, we call, you know, we call it the, the moat. moat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love things like that. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, it, that, that's funny. My kids used to call it the me wrote. The, the, the me wrote. wrote. I like the that wrote. too. Yes. <laughs> we like we still do that. Hand me right. the me wrote. Right. <laughs> or the submarine was a muracine. I love that oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. We had those. Yep. Um, do you have a, you're going to be good at this one. Do you have a hack that you've discovered that works well? And it can be any kind of hack around the house, computer hack. Hack not, that no. work, a hack that works well. I am a time efficient person. And mm-hmm. I am, I use every Google app or trick I have. I, you know, as an independent contractor, I'm doing work for lots of different folks. I invite myself in. Here's my big hack for today, Randy, because mm-hmm. I just use it. I, invite every single email that I have and I hide the guest list. So that way it's on every single, Oh, look, you're like, that's a good idea. You are right. Hmm. There you go. That was my, that is my current hack du jour is, is to again. So I'm not taking the time to put everything on every single calendar. I wish I had one master one. I don't um, to be able to save. I, I mean, how much time could I really be saving? But it's, I feel like it saves me a lot of time. So that is my hack. Awesome. That's a good one. Try good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Last question. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It's so good to see you. Your dad's waiting for you. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Thank very you. nice. Thank you. We're, we think he'll be waiting for you and that's <laughs> that's where you'll end up and um so how can people reach out and and be in touch with you if they want to do that that's a great question i am on linkedin i am happy to chat with anyone please find me please friend me is that send me a contact i don't even know what we call it nowadays <laughs> um i am not on facebook but please find me on linkedin i love to connect people that really is my superpower i'm a connector i love connecting people um and, and making making connections that way awesome yeah well thank you for being with us thank you for having me it's been a delight thank you i want to thank gila for joining us on the podcast she has had a journey in this telepractice world and i really appreciate all that she has to share and we appreciate you for listening to this episode if you don't mind leave us that five-star review That helps us to attract those new subscribers and new listeners. So that's what it's all about, spreading the word about telepractice and the possibilities that it still inspires in all of us. So with that, thank you for listening again. And until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.